My name is David, and you're listening to the Voices of Pearson podcast. And today we have here with us Francois, who's a 17-year-old from Gatineau, Quebec, who's lived in six countries around the world. How are you doing today, Francois? Very good. How are you doing? I'm doing fantastic, except we accidentally deleted the last recording. So uh, I'll start with this question by saying, what's it like to grow up in like, you know, these six countries and what are these six countries exactly? You know, sometimes I get the feeling like I just did something and it's a massive deja vu. Right now it actually is because we had to, we're redoing this. Like, anyways, I'm really sorry. <laughs> You'll um, target it again. <laughs> you, you are, David. You are. What's it like and what are those six countries? Well, those six countries are in order of the ones that I've lived in. Um, Bangladesh, Haiti, Canada, Mexico, Russia, Canada again, and Romania. That's six. Yes, that is six. Oh my God, I can, I can, I can do math. Um, and how is it like? Well, to be honest, the first two, so Bangladesh and Haiti, I have almost no memories of it because I was a tiny little fat baby <laughs> crawling around being like, Ugh. you know, babies don't remember anything, but out of the four others, so Canada, uh, Romania, Mexico, and Russia, truly, I, it's easy to say that it was the most amazing experience I've ever had. And this luck and, and, and this privilege that I've had to to be in all those different, totally different places. You, you go from uh, Mexico City to 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 Moscow to Bucharest and 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 uh, get to know G Town, which is in Quebec. Um, you know, it's total contrast. You go from the biggest cities in the world, the biggest capitals that you've ever seen, you know, Moscow, iconic city, Mexico City, huge metropole. And then you have the contrast with that, uh, what I call home is like a suburb next to Ottawa, which is, yeah, it's a capital, <laughs> but I mean, it's not very big. It's this this constant cultural shock every two years, two or three years, and, and, and the, the knowledge and the fact, you know that whatever you're creating and the, the friendships and the people you meet in two or three years, that's gone and and and, and you're going to leave. And right, obviously right now, um, right now I have a phone, social media is no, so not the case. Oh my God, I don't speak English. This is no longer such the case where like I lose total contact, but for most before, it's like people, people that I knew, um, well, I don't know them anymore and because you, you keep changing. But aside from that, the single greatest experiences I've ever had were um, this idea of going to the unknown. You're throwing yourself into the deep end. You're falling into the abyss and out of it, you get so many experiences and, and, and so many um, memories and, 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 and specific stuff that you wouldn't get anywhere else in the world if, or if you stayed home. So yes, that's what it's like. <laughs> So how is Romania like exactly? Because I, I know like you lived in Gatineau for three years. So it's obviously Romania is quite a change from an Ottawa suburb. And how is Romania? Well, it was quite different. Um, first thing, it's, it's important to say that I lived in Bucharest, which is um, the, the capital of Romania. And it's, you know, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a European city. We're in Europe still. Um, but first thing when I heard I were like, we're going to Romania, I was like, well, thank you. But what is Romania? Um, <laughs> then I learned it was a country that looked like a fish on a map. You can go and look it up. It looks like a fish. Um, then I Googled it and I saw images of the countryside. I was like, okay, well, this is nice mountains. And then I reread a book in French class talking about this girl that went through communist time in Romania. So then I got really scared because I thought it was going to be like that. And I was kind of dumb at the time. But then I got there and, it, you know, 
where everywhere I go, it's always you expect something everywhere everyone goes. You expect something and when you get there is something totally different. And that's for the better. Because the unexpected, the the surprise every single time you do. And going to Romania to a country where you you do not speak the language, you do not know the the culture, you do not know anything about it. You just learned it even existed is truly amazing because you feel like Alice in Wonderland. You know, you go from your nice English house that Alice uh, lived in, and, and then you fall into this rabbit hole, and boom, you're in Romania. Um, tr- truly amazing. Um, Romania is also ironically where I learned English because I did not speak English before, so I, w- I went to school in English. And yeah, I, I can. I am proud to say that I learned English in a non-English speaking country. <laughs> I don't know what that makes my English like, but eh, if it does that, it does that. So yes, Romania. Also, it was the last three years. I think for a lot of people, those those years in your life, you, your your late teens are the most important in your life, and having them in this totally new place and this 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 amazing uh, city that I fell in love with. Uh, it's, it's truly amazing. Right. Right. So on the topic of Romania as well, like Romania recently became, you know, a, a d- democracy in, in, I believe 1989. So 31 years of communist rule, almost if my math SL is correct. Mm-hmm. Like, what do you make of that? Like, is there still a huge, like not nostalgia for communism or like are, pe- are the people there relatively like adapted to the capitalist system? Um, well, well, yes, here's the thing. Uh, since the fall of uh, Ceausescu, which was the communist dictator that was in Romania, um, since his fall in 1989, you know, it's only been 31 almost years. So every single adult that is over that age lived through it and knows about it. Every sing- all the parents of all your friends, all of the like people in the streets that are not like kids or people your age, know about it they know what it's like to live through the hardships of of having the securitate which is a secret police uh look at what you do the the, the you know the um, restrictions on what you can watch and what you can listen the, the hour-long cues you have to do just to get a single loaf of bread and maybe and sometimes not even get anything and having such a huge amount of population that knows about it and i let live through it which means that everyone else have everyone else being like, oh, well, you youngsters didn't have to do that. You know, there's this new mentality that that, that, that comes where there's always this fear that the dictatorship never really left. There's always this this uh, distrust in, in foreigners because at the time, if you spoke to foreigners, you, you could be targeted by the secret police because, oh, why are you talking to this foreigner? That's That's not normal. There's always, there's this distrust in the government. There's also this, this general situation where um, people are very close unto themselves, which what I mean by that is that they will care about them and they will push to get what they need to live, which is totally understandable because in situations, in hard situations like communist Romania and the whole Eastern Bloc, the, the, the Eastern side of the Iron Curtain, it's totally understandable. But on the flip side, there's this, uh, out of the same hardships uh, comes this this amazing, amazing humanity. And what I love the most about Romanian culture, and what I mean by that is the, the mix of the old Romanian culture, the, the pre-communist culture, and this new cult- culture, this mix of the two Romania, of the two Romanians, totally two different countries that create this, this modern Romania uh, that we know uh, today, is that when you get to know people, um, it's the total opposite. 
people will stick their neck their neck out for you people will care and and do whatever they can to help you out because when you become a friend you're like family and that again comes from the hardship of communism on the one side uh, you take care of, of of yourself and you don't help strangers but on the other side if if that stranger becomes your friend that friend is family and you will help them as much as you can which clearly shows you know there's no right or wrong uh ideology there's no right or wrong people you know it's it, it's only two different sides uh, sides of the same uh, metal right and when we talk about division and talk when we talk about like the idea of community a lot of communities today are suffering from COVID-19 a lot of countries are mm-hmm. most notably um you know countries of who can't get vaccines for various reasons or countries are facing like intense social issues and political issues and economic issues at the same yeah. time as a pandemic which yeah. isn't really a good combination to have and after like you know living in so many parts of the world how do you see the world building back from COVID-19 how do you see the world recovering from COVID-19 um I think recovering is a big word um it would be ideal it would be the greatest thing to to uh one day you know we're COVID free we're we're out of this hole but to be honest I I think have this fear that we'll have to learn to 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 live with the pandemic with the pandemic and okay i'm not saying like oh uh, it's nothing just go outside and and don't respect procedures that's not what i'm saying what i'm saying is that you will have to learn to live with the procedures we'll have to get used to wearing a mask we'll have to get used to, to sanitize everything and also although we kind of have gotten used to it we got used to it in this idea that oh when we get the vaccines everything will be fine but i don't think that's the case because even in the richest countries on 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 this earth um not everyone has access to a vaccine it's it's you know there's not enough of it there's the production is only getting started and that's without even mentioning the countries that do not have access to those resources um so it's about self self responsibility and you know once a country or or, or a nation or, or any institution becomes um safe enough that they can take care of themselves without endangering their own people it's about you know going out there to help others i think similarly to what happened in romania with communism uh the whole world is now under this this pressure this threat of of you know uh, a pandemic so on one side yes unfortunately humans will become distrusting of each other but i hope that like romania uh people will get to know that once you meet someone they become family and you'll do whatever you can to help them and i hope countries do that i hope the big guy helps the little guy the little guy guy helps helps the big guy as well and yeah all right that's a very optimistic message <laughs> i'm glad to hear that and on the topic of of building back from covid-19 and you know the future like what motivates you like to get out of bed in the morning or motivates you to you know be an active participant in in the world like what motivates you Well, at Pearson College right now, I would say I would be lying if I said it was the food. Normally it is the food. Normally is the idea that, <laughs> ooh, today I will eat lasagna. Lasagna is favorite food, by the way. We're having that tonight. It, oh my, we're having lasagna? Yeah. If that makes you happy. Oh my God, thank <laughs> Sorry you. Sorry to interject. I figured that would create some happiness. Oh my God. No, listeners, you have no idea. Lasagna is the single best dish here. Oh my, okay. Sorry. I, I, I debate. Um, yeah, no, the food's all right which usually would be my my motivation but right now <laughs> when you have the same thing every three weeks i'm sorry this is not the motivation 
No, the true motivation <laughs> that comes along with Pearson, and I think I wouldn't be able to do that back home, where right now at home, you know, in, and by home, I mean uh, in Quebec, you know, there, there's a, you have to, to stay in your house after a certain time. There, there's a extreme lockdown procedures and, 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 and COVID rules are strict, which is fair. But if I had that, I don't know how I would do it because my motivation right now at Pearson is the it's I, that I know for a fact that every single day I will learn something. I will talk to someone I haven't talked to in, in, in a while or someone I have never talked to even before, and I will learn something. It might be something academic from my history or, or math uh, SL courses, or it might be just from talking to an individual who comes from a reality that is totally different to mine. Because although it's amazing to go and live in so many different countries and, and places around the world. Not everyone can do that. But on but what you can do is you can get to know people from those places. Um, people that come from a place that to you is so different, so, so far away from your reality and your reality is so far away from theirs that the, this mix and the fact that there's common friendship and common humanity behind that, truly you learn something every day. And a thing that I realized uh, moving around and especially now patient is that we don't know anything. We don't, you cannot predict what someone lived through. You cannot predict uh, what's going to happen when you step out of your, of your dorm every morning. Um, and I think that's my motivation, just going into it and not knowing what will happen. Go with the flow. Go with the flow, SMR. All right. Thank you. Uh, so on topic of going with the flow and the future, quite frankly, you know, what are some of your aspirations as you quote unquote go with the flow? Like what, do you have any dreams in mind or any passions or career options open in the future? Like, what do you want to do? Um, personally, I don't know if I've mentioned that before, if it was in the previous recording that David deleted. By accident, by, by accident. Yes, by accident. Still, he still deleted it. It's our new editing software. <laughs> we, we respect that. Woo, follow his podcast because I'm in it and that's cool. Um, yeah, moving around a lot in my life created this this um, this idea that if I don't move, I'm doing something wrong. If I don't change places, I create this idea of, in my head that I have to keep moving. I, I have to to uh, go back into this unknown, which means that if I don't do that, I get bored. So most definitely, and I know it sounds terrible. I sound like a snob right now, but <laughs> hey, that's how I feel. Um, so definitely. When I get out of Pearson, I want to, I want to move. I want to go somewhere totally different. I want to constantly be into that, that area, that Alice in Wonderland kind of situation where I don't know anything and I'm just rediscovering the entire truth. I'm, I'm, it's like relearning how to walk. It, it's truly amazing. And honestly, if anything can get me to that point, I'll, I'll take it. I don't care what kind of a job or what kind of, of, uh, economic situation it is. I'll get it. Just the experience are entirely worth it. And, but yeah, if I had to choose something specific and then if I could like have a genie make, uh, give me a wish, I want to do something with my uh, theater because that's one of my biggest passions is acting, uh, theater, putting on a show. That's definitely, if I have the opportunity to do that, I will do it. Sounds good. And is there something that like a part of you that you take a lot of pride in like your culture, your tradition or identity? Um, I think as a, uh, as a Quebecois, as a French Canadian, <laughs> um, 
the biggest thing for me, the most important thing, the thing that I will want to teach my kids that I will want to spread everywhere is this idea that we exist. We're not just part, we're not just this part of Canada. We're our, we're French Canadians, right. you know? And that for me comes with a lot of, of weight because it, 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 a good weight, not bad weight. It means, you know, my language is the most important, like not the most important of all languages, but for me, the most important thing is the French language. It's my version of the French language, my uh, idea of, of, of being French speaking is I want to teach that to my kids. I want to teach it to people around me. I want to help people learn about um, my culture. And I've, yes, it's a thing that everyone uh, goes through, but I think being in a country where um, it's your own country, but a lot of times you do not feel like you're at home because your culture is so different from everyone else's. Um, everyone else being non-French Canadians, like English Canadians or, or other Canadians. It feels, you feel like you're abroad in your own uh, birthplace, which feels odd. And at the same time, it's the biggest pride that I have. The, the pride that, hey, bonjour, je parle français, puis je pourrais faire ça tout en français. This idea that when I walk into a store, I want to use my language. I don't know if that makes sense, but to me it does. So <laughs> It does, it does. Merci beaucoup pour ça. Um, so... Uh... And we're, we're reaching to the end of our, our session here. So do you have a final message for everyone? No pressure. Does that have to be a fantastic message? It can be random, but just final message to all of our listeners here. Uh, David, it sounds like you're going to kill me. No. Like, <laughs> any final words? Last meal? Oh, that's why we have a lasagna. Oh, oh no. That's, that wasn't my plan today at all. If, if I disappeared, blame David. <laughs> um, no, a message. Okay, this is going to sound extremely cliche. And I hate the fact that I will sound cliche, but I think this this education and knowing how to, and learning how to talk to people, how, how to just be kind, listen to what people have to say. Um, dialogue is always better than whatever other option you're, you're thinking of right now. Um, because when you talk to someone, you, you can create this friendship and like in Romanian culture, once you're a friend, you're family, so and you wouldn't do anything against your family. I hope. I hope not, unless I'm sorry for you. All right, well, thank you so much, Francois. <laughs> Anyways, yeah, be, be kind. Uh, yes, hu humanity, deep message, con connect connections. Uh, thank you, Francois, for... Thank you for... Thank, oh, God. It's okay, it's okay. We'll, we'll keep that in there. It's a genuine conversation, but thank you so much for joining us, Francois, and uh, you can listen more from Voices of Pearson at anchor.fm slash College or by following us on our Spotify page. And make sure to follow us on Instagram as well at Voices of Pearson. So thank you all so much, and we hope to see you soon at our next session. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Uh, My name is David, and you're listening to the Voices of Pearson podcast.